From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, I'm delighted to have you along with us today. We're looking forward to some time here with an open Bible. We're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 today, and I'm going to be talking about the general subject of shoring up the shortfall. You see, sometimes people make a good start, they head out in the Christian life, and then they discover there are some immaturities, they discover there are some deficiencies in who they are and what they're about, and I want to talk to you about how to fix that today, just talking about shoring up the shortfall. We'll get to that in just a moment, but let me announce to you that this weekend, Sunday and Monday, I'm scheduled to be at the Bethel Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. And I hope that many of you in West Tennessee will find your way, come in on Monday night, be there, be a part of that great conference. And I trust that we'll be able to see many, many of our friends there in the Jackson, Madison County area in West Tennessee. That's Bethel Baptist Church, Jackson, Tennessee, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night. And looking forward to seeing many of you there this weekend. Now, let's get right to our study today. We're talking about shoring up the shortfall. Uh, you know, the church at Thessalonica, to whom this little epistle of five chapters was written, was a good church. They really were. They were doing well, and uh, that's all noted in the first chapter. But some of the folks were uh, maybe just on the edge a little bit about some things, and they weren't living up quite to where they needed to be as uh, they should have. And uh, so we have some things here in this chapter talking about their faith and the development of it. For example, in verse number 2, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about how that he sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Now notice he has sent Timothy for the purpose of encouraging them concerning their faith. Now, when we come to Christ, we come by faith. And the Bible tells us that once we are in Christ, the just, that is the saved, are to live by faith. We are to trust the Lord step by step, day by day. And when we do, our faith begins to show itself in how we live, how do we develop, what we do with ourselves. And uh, that just becomes who we are. And so he says, I've sent my fellow worker, over to Thessalonica for the purpose of encouraging you concerning your faith. Now, he wants them to grow. He wants them to blossom out and be, I mean, we're talking about full bloom is what he's after. And he says, I think you need some encouragement. So I'm sending an ambassador. I'm sending a co-worker. And he's going to come and do what he can to help you with that. Now, if you look down in verse 5, the word faith appears again. And this time he says, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. So he said, you know, I had heard things about uh, how the work was going there and how you folks were doing. And when I just couldn't wait, I just couldn't put it off. I just had to know about your faith. I had to know your faith. 
and he was afraid that somehow or another some temptation was going to pop up and they were going to yield to that. And he says, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. He doesn't want these folks to fall by the wayside. He doesn't want them to wind up on the trash heap where they're unfruitful and not producing what they ought to as the uh, children of God. So whenever he talks about this knowing your faith, he wants to be sure that everything is solid with them and that they are growing and developing like a Christian should. So verse 2, he said, the fact is, I think you need some encouragement. In verse 5, he's saying, I really want to know the details. I want to know how well you're doing. It's just important to me. I don't like the guesswork. I want to be able to know that things are well with you. Now, you drop down to verse 6, and he says, When Timothy came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also do to see you. So he said, Timothy came back with a good report, good tidings of your faith. Now, here's some things that happened in that process. Timothy went to Thessalonica to be an encouragement, and what he found there was good. What he found there was that these folks were doing quite well. And whenever people examine us, and by the way, we ought not to react to that. Sometimes folks say, well, I don't want somebody looking close, or I don't want somebody judging me, or however you put it. But look, here are these folks, I mean, they had a co-worker of the Apostle Paul coming to see about them, coming to check them out, and uh, they didn't react to that. They let that happen, and they did so warmly. They did so in fellowship with him. And whenever he got back to the Apostle Paul, he brought back the good word. He brought back good news. And the good tidings that he brought, of course, is exactly what Paul was wanting to hear. And it's what all of us really ought to be striving to produce so that when people do analyze us, when people do examine who we are and they check out what we're doing, they'll have a good report to bring. Now, again, I know it's uh, sometimes reactionary time whenever somebody wants to look real close and people sometimes, I think in their immaturity, they probably have issues that they don't want to have examined and so they react to that. Now, folks, come on, let's just be upfront. Let's just be transparent. Let's just let our real self show forth, and let's not really uh, give place to something that maybe should not be a part of our life. And what he's saying here is that uh, he's encouraged by the good tidings that he received because Timothy came back bearing a good report. Now, look at verse 7. Already, verse 2 says, concerning your faith. Verse 5 says, I wanted to know your faith. Verse 6, he says, I got good tidings of your faith. Now in verse 7, he says, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. So the Apostle Paul is owning up to the fact that he's been under a lot of pressure. He's had distress. He's had affliction. He's had things thrown at him. I mean, he's been in trouble over and over again because of his testimony and his preaching. And yet he says, When I heard how good things are in Thessalonica, he said, I was encouraged by your faith. What you are doing is having a positive impact on the 
probably the greatest uh, Christian of the uh, first century. I mean, the guy who became a spiritual giant, he is encouraged by these folks who have been converted and are making their way into the journey of the Christian life. They are being a blessing to him. Now, you and I, too, we need to understand other people who watch us, if we do well, they're going to be encouraged by the fact that we are doing well. So we have these four statements. Verse 2, concerning your faith. Verse 5, to know your faith. Verse 6, good tidings of your faith. And verse 7, comforted or encouraged by your faith. Nevertheless, oh, wait a minute, one more thing here. Verse 10, he says, Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So here they are. They're doing well. I mean, they've been saved. They're walking with the Lord, but they're not perfect. They are yet in need of growing. They need to blossom more fully. Every good Christian in a good church doing the good things that a Christian ought to do, yet every one of us needs to perfect our faith. We need to mature our faith. I mean, we need to polish up, we need to hone things, we need to enhance things so that every single day we will be showing progress. And when he talks about perfecting, he's talking about maturing our faith. He's talking about us growing up and being the kind of fully developed Christian that we ought to be. So they might say, look, I'm a good Christian. I really am. And I mean business. I'm sincere about all of this. But he's telling them one more thing they need to remember. None of us are ever going to be so fully perfected that we're absolutely 100% perfect. And that means we all ought to keep growing. However old you are, how many ever years you've been a Christian, you ought to be growing still. You ought to be studying your Bible. You ought to be going to church. You ought to be soaking up every message that is preached from the pulpit, every lesson that's taught in the Sunday school, all of those things so that you will get the nourishment that you need and continue to grow as a Christian. So even though you may be basically a good, solid Christian, I think he's telling us here that uh, all the good reports, I mean, that's very encouraging. But he's telling us also, I want to see the perfecting of that which is lacking. So if we want to take a look and just see, do we have something that is yet needful to be done, what do we need to do? Well, we need to take inventory. We need to take inventory once in a while. And let me just ask you, do you attend Sunday school? Do you attend church? Are you there all the time? Are you faithful? Are you regular? Do you tithe? Are you witnessing? Do you carry gospel tracts? Are you living right? Are you putting aside lying and stealing and cheating and adulterating and all those kinds of things that are sinful? Are you setting those aside? And are you walking with the Lord in your daily life? Now, if there's anything missing, positive or negative, in that uh, walk with the Lord, if there's anything that yet needs to be polished, that needs to be perfected, then let's take inventory, figure what it is, and go get it done. I mean, it's just simple enough. Make the choice, make the decision. And uh, in order to take inventory, you got to be honest with yourself. But at the same time, once that inventory has been taken, it is important that we also take instruction. 
That's why we need to be in Sunday school. We need to let somebody teach us. That's why we need to be in church and let somebody preach the Word of God to us. We're taking instruction when we do that. And if you have counselors, and I'm not talking about professional counselors, but I'm talking about if you have comrades in the faith, people that are your companions in the faith, maybe a better term, I want you to look at them and listen to them. Let them coach you along the way, especially if they're more mature than you. In fact, your coaching ought to come from somebody that is more mature than you. Don't take your coaching from your peers. I mean, your peers may be solid too, but by and large, you need to look at somebody that's further down the trail for the guidance and for the mentoring that you will need as a Christian. But you're going to take inventory and see what needs to be done and then take instruction. Let somebody tutor you in the process. And if you will let that tutoring take place, and then the next step after taking the instruction is to take action. Let the instruction take hold with you. Let the fact that you are, in fact, being instructed, getting the information you need, take action and deal with that. Put it into practice in your life. Now, here's the goal. The last two verses in this chapter, he says, The Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So what's he looking for here? Well, he's looking that we will be an abounding Christian. He wants us to be well-established. He wants us to be unblameable. So at the second coming of Christ, we will be delighted to hear the trumpet. Well, listen, shoring up the shortfall. That's what we all need to do. And let's be sure we get on with it. I hope you have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing you back here again Monday. And uh, in the meantime, sit down and write me a note. Would you do that? I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day and a great weekend. See you right here Monday. Until then, God bless you and goodbye for now.